0: go for it Just
1: kidding, <laughs> oh week we are dissecting 2000's Cut, directed by Kimball Rendell. But first, our pop culture check-in.
0: For new listeners, our pop culture check-in is a chance for you to get to know what we've been watching, reading, and consuming outside of our movie this week, as well as life updates. Uh, last week we kind of teased you, I forgot to talk about Texas Frightmare, uh, so I'll just kind of kick off with that. So Texas Frightmare is one of the biggest horror conventions in the U.S. Um, it's in Dallas, and they hold it at the... Um, it's, like, the airport's, con- like, hotel room, uh, or hotel. They use the whole entire downstairs of the, like, lobby to, to host the event. Uh, and it was the first weekend of May this year. It's pretty big. It's getting bigger every, like, every single year. Um, the main reason I went out is because a couple of the writers for Ghastly Grinning were going, and I thought it'd be a really cool chance to meet them, um, in person, because I've never actually met any of my writers other than B. Um, so I, I mean, that was one of the main reasons. Shockwaves, which is also, um, you know, like a podcast that B and I are both avid listeners and fans of, was going to be there. Um, and then just, you know, Joe Bob Briggs was there, Sam Raimi, and Bruce Campbell, and uh, Robert England, and Heather Lingenkamp, and Barbara Crampton, and all those people. But, um, shush, B is <laughs> really upset she couldn't make it. Uh, but it was, uh, really, really incredible, to be honest, just getting there. So it started on Friday night at 6 p.m. It's like, um, it goes a little later on Friday, 6 to 10, and then there's like an after party and Saturday it's pretty much all day. And then Sunday it's, um, kind of like another half day because that's like a big travel day for people. Um, but I got there Thursday and met up with Michelle. She's one of the writers and, uh, listener of the show. Hi, Michelle. Um... And met well, she. That's who I roomed with when I was there. Um, but pretty much like the whole weekend, the concept was all really, really cool. Just walking around, seeing all the vendors. I mean, Arrow Severin, Vinegar Syndrome were all there. Shockwaves were there. Um, all the celebrity like guest um, people had booths where you could like go get autographs from Tom Savini or PJ Souls or you know both of the um, Ricky and I uh, forget the other one, but from Silent Night Deadly Night. All those things were available, but the coolest thing for me, honestly, was just, like, how surreal it is as a horror fan to be sitting in a bar at, like, 11 o'clock at night, and um, Lance Hendrickson was, like, right behind me, just drinking the biggest glass of Chardonnay I've ever seen in the world, and then, like the table next to me, it's Robert England and he just keeps taking his glasses off and like wiping them clean. And I'm like, no dude, you're just drunk. Like your glasses aren't smudged. Um, but just to be in like that environment and I'm very fortunate to know, like I'm friendly with the Shockwaves guys. Um, you know, Ryan Turk is the first person who ever gave me a freelance gig, like six or seven years ago now. So I got to hang out with them and, Ryan works for Blumhouse, and being around him, people just gravitate over to say hi to him. So I got to casually, you know, introduce myself and meet people like Phyllisa Rose and Robert England and, and all of these people that are, like, I mean, Barbara Crampton, Jeffrey Combs, all these people that are massive, huge, like... I was just starstruck. It was amazing. Um, if you guys can ever make it out, I highly suggest it, just because, like, even if... You don't get to meet all these people. The environment is so cool to be around hundreds of people that you know are very much like you, just love horror, and that's why they want to be there. And I got to sit on. Um, I went to two of the panels. I went to the Shockwaves panel and the Joe Bob's Brig panel, and those were both a lot of fun. Um, I almost went to the Evil Dead one. He's but. A
1: slacker, if I would have been there, then he would have been at a lot more. Yeah,
0: it's true. I kind of just go with the flow and let things happen a lot of the time. And because of that, like, I end up missing out on some things. But I also get in on it. I don't know. It's it's a he balance. Gets other opportunities yeah. But I mean, like, the Evil Dead thing is probably the one thing I regret because it would have been really cool. Sam Raimi never goes to anything. Um, and it was Sam, Ted, and Bruce Campbell. But I, like, went downstairs and was like, oh, I might get in line for this. And it was like two hours before and I was kind of like scoping like where's it at the line was like all the way down already and I was like "Ah, I don't think I want to do that so yeah I'm a little bit of a slacker it's true but if you guys can I highly suggest going it's growing like I said it's growing every year and it's just it's just really cool to be around all these people that you know like that you can bring up the mutilator (laughs) they're all gonna know what you're talking about um and then like just like What's even cooler is like afterwards, like when the convention's over and like the people that you've met there like, Hey, you wanna have a drink, you wanna get dinner? And like you just sit there and you end up talking about like comic books or life or whatever and you're getting to know these people that share this passion with you. Mm-hmm. Um so I you can go to any convention. I highly recommend it. I mean B and I went to Midsummer last year, we're going again this year, and it was just like one of the coolest things we've ever done. And it's not even like a big horror. it's a haunt convention realistically, but yeah. like um we just Which have makes
1: it cool too, but it's definitely different. Very different, non- yeah. It's almost better for us because a lot of people are there for the haunts. Mm-hmm. So and there is a lot of horror stuff. So but we get to like get in on the horror stuff like a little bit easier.
0: Yeah. Um so it uh, that's true cuz everyone's yeah. like there for the haunt stuff. So but if you can go to a convention at all, I highly suggest it cuz it's just a very like different and very awesome. I've been to comic book conventions, which is also a similar feeling, but there's something about horror which is why I, I love the genre so much. It's just, like, it's, it's a very big sense of, like, family and camaraderie, which you just don't find a lot elsewhere um, in, like, pop culture. Or if you do, like, I mean, and horror definitely has, like, toxic gatekeeping, but, um, it like, that is the place where that's not happening. Um, so... That if you have if you want to talk to me about more about frightmare feel free like reach out. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about some stuff we watch. B and I both watched Slasher Solstice on Netflix. Um, so the Slasher show was originally I think on like
1: it was on Chiller. Yeah, um, I guess you remember that was like a premium cable channel, and it went out of business. I guess stopped becoming a channel. Um, in oh, I don't know twenty. 2015, 2016, in that range. Yeah. And so first season ran on Chiller, and then Netflix picked up the show for season two, and then they actually renewed it for a third season. Um, and so the third season just went up, like, within a week, weeks. Um, the first one was Executioner, the second one was Guilty, Guilty Party. Guilty Party. And this one is solstice. This one took place in twenty-four hours. Yeah. Started six a.m. on a day and went to six a.m. the next day. Yeah.
0: Every episode covers three hours, yeah. and it takes place in like basically the projects. so Like it's one apartment complex mm-hmm. in the projects sort of, of Canada. Canada. <laughs> super Canadian. It's
1: super Canadian.
0: You can tell um, if but, you
1: watch Canadian TV or movies, you instantly go like, "This is in Canada." Yeah. It's like summer and it's gray.
0: Yeah, it's like, I know. <laughs> well, when it so it's called solstice, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Oh, so winter solstice," and then they say summer, I'm like, "No fucking way!" Uh-huh. And but then I'm like, "Yeah, Canada. It's, Canada. it's
1: just gray.
0: Um, it's brutal as oh, fuck. Like, I mean, ah." Uh, it definitely goes there like way more than like anything you're going to even on like pr- like shows like are like FX you know like American Horror Story does some like pretty gnarly stuff but like this like it's, it's... far surpasses this surpasses like shit on Dexter like oh. like like any of the HBO shows too just yeah. like re- like i was describing it to a coworker and you know like i i'm pretty not like desensitized to violence at this point like violence still like gets to me but like there's not a lot that shocks me anymore um, unless you're going first, like, uh, like trying to shock me. But, like, this managed... Yeah, I
1: mean, we literally go over every single kill on this podcast and go, that's our favorite kill. Yeah. I love how they, you know... Yeah.
0: And there were at least three in this where I kind of was like, ooh, that, like, that might be too much for me. Like, I don't know if I'm getting older or, like, my stomach just can't handle it anymore. But there was... There's this biology teacher kill that just is really brutal. Um... It's almost too much. It's it's almost almost too much. It's really
1: brutal. It's also really sadistic, um, and it's targeting um, people that, sure, like have poor behaviors, and that's really demonstrated that they're being killed for a specific reason, um, and they have their flaws. But I think in part because it is a TV show, and you get. We got eight hours. It's eight episodes. Mm -hmm. You get eight hours with these characters, essentially. I mean, some less than others, depending on when their time is up. But, I mean, I'll always say that about TV shows. Is uh, Part of the reason why I love them is you get a chance to connect with your characters a little bit more. And so even though I hated or, like, really disliked a lot of these behaviors, I was never rooting for the killer. I was always rooting for the people who were in this uh, complex together, even the ones that I thought were bad people. I didn't really want them to die. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Um, and I think that's part of what it makes it powerful, too. I think it. it's a really... Uh, besides like the horror elements it does a really good job of being like a character study and you it's it's very inclusive in the fact that it tries to have like representation of a wide range of people which you could say is like trying hard but i think um it's good and it actually reminds me of the the new seasons of Degrassi a lot where you have like cuz I know this is really popular in Canada there's a lot of refugees there mm-hmm. um from Syria and Afghanistan so there's a family that's refugees from Syria there is a...
0: There's a lesbian couple that have two, couple ch- two children. There's a lesbian couple with children. Um, there's... There's an asexual, which an I thought was very progressive. There's like, you know, a
1: pansexual character. Mm-hmm. There's a bisexual character. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot. They cover all of the sexual orientations, pretty much. Um, there's, like, a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, pretty much, like, the spectrum of people, which... Um, and, but it didn't feel forced. No, it didn't. And, and like... It never felt like they were doing that to be like, look at us. Like, we've got an, you know, pansexual character. It just felt like, yeah, this is an apart- a low-income and apartment complex, and this is commonly... Like, this is a wide range of people who might actually live here. Yeah. So I
0: like that about it, too. Yeah, it's it's highly political. Um, yes. So if that's, like, a trigger for you, don't watch this. Yeah. Um, because it, it like, leans into it pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it uses it to guide the story, and there's a lot of, like, redemption arcs. And the characters are... So what I did like is I think most of the characters are super unlikable, but the more time you get with them, the more you forgive them for their flaws or understand right. them, at least. It's
1: their... They feel human.
0: Yeah, they feel fleshed out. And so when you start, like, like I mean, when you start, you're like, everyone is a fucking terrible human being. Yeah. Except, like, our main character. Uh, like, the girl that it kind of follows. And then at the more that you're shown, you're like, okay, like, okay, okay. And, like, you kind of, like, again, you don't forgive them for their actions, but you understand where they're coming from, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and then s- certain characters are also given that chance to, like, redeem themselves um, I think it falters at the end. We, we were just talking about it; like it trips up a little at the end. They reveal the killer like a little too early, mm-hmm. which kind of kills the mystery because the mystery is a big part, like a central mode motif. And it's a good it. one. I it mean, is good. Not, yeah, like they do the flashbacks not well. Obvious. Yeah. yeah um it's not obvious at all like i definitely had me guessing
1: and i mean as seasoned slasher watchers usually if we allow ourselves to we can call it pretty early
0: yeah i think if you're like really trying to pick it apart you can call it by like episode six um but mm-hmm. they they do a pretty good job with like some red herrings in there um and just the cast is huge mm-hmm. um so like especially when you start it could be like anyone yeah. um because it's a very the kill count is fucking off the charts because I'm telling you right now, like, almost everyone. <laughs> like, it's, it's insane. Um, but I would definitely recommend it. Uh, I, I especially if you're, like, a big, if you're a slasher fan. Yeah, um, it, uh, yeah,
1: I think it would actually almost be interesting to do, like, an episode on it. Yep, um, I was thinking about that, too, So actually. maybe yeah. we might do that so we can, like, get into spoilers and, some, and, and whatnot about that. So if you guys watch it and would be interested in that, um, you know, maybe we'll do a bonus episode where we, you know, go over the season and... Um kind of go over those insane kills, yeah, because um,
0: they're really I mean they're brutal, but they're cool, like mm-hmm. there's some really good practical effects in this,
1: yeah, so yeah, definitely recommend it. I know some people I really liked the first season executioner it's mm-hmm. a little goofy, and that 's what I liked about it. it. felt like an aughts. yeah, um, it definitely felt like an aunt slasher.
0: I remember um, when I watched it, I was like, Is this old right it especially because like one of the guys is from um what show was he in Harper's Island, yeah, Yeah. He's from okay. Harper's Island. Yeah.
1: Um, and so, yeah, it kind of had like a Harper's, I- a Canadian Harper's Island feel to it. Although I think Harper's Island was Canadian. Anyhow, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. At least it was filmed in Canada. I don't know if production was Canadian. Um, so I really liked it. It it was like not amazing, but I had fun with it. Yeah. the second one, you could tell they took it w- way more seriously. And I only got a couple episodes in and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I've
0: heard mixed. I haven't watched the second one either, but I'm with bi I like the first one a lot. I, th- I agree. It's goofy and it feels like an early aughts, but I liked it. Um, And this one definitely, like, you can tell, like, because Netflix has it now, they're like, dude, just go for it. Yeah,
1: like, literally do whatever. Yeah. Um, The second one is set up with, like, a sort of cold prey setting. It's um, kids who were camp counselors, and they meet up, like, ten years later for a reunion, um, but in the winter, because it's turned into, like, a winter resort. Maybe that's why I don't like it. It needs to be in the summer. Summer,
0: yeah. can be (laughs) all those summer resorts. Yeah,
1: and so now, uh, and I remember, like, I watched a couple episodes of The Kills being like insane and notched up from the first season. So I'll probably go back and try and watch it. But Netflix has it, Slasher. Yeah, all
0: three seasons, three seasons. are on there. Um, I also, so I treated myself to a double feature yesterday. Uh, I missed going to the movies and I finally just bit the bullet and bought like the Cinemark club card that they offer. Because there's a Cinemark like literally two minutes away from my house. And I went. A Cinemark? Th- it is a Cinemark, yeah. Is
1: that what Century is? It's It's Century.
0: I don't know. They call it a cinem- Cinemark? I don't know. That's what the card's called. Century? <laughs> century 14. You're right. It's yeah. a Century. Yeah. Um, I don't know oh if God, Cinemark is. It's a Cinemark. Cin- century, whatever. I bought their little club card thing that makes us a ticket to nine box or whatever. So I bought that and I went and saw John Wick 3 and Brightburn. So John Wick 3 is amazing. If you haven't seen it yet, like uh, definitely watch First 2 because uh, they're pretty integral to the plot of John Wick 3 because they all realistically take place in like... A week span, you can watch them back to back to back, and it like they do take place within days of each is other. It a
1: conclusion: I know a fourth one got greenlit.
0: It's not a conclusion. Okay. No, it very much like it ends on like w- setting up for the fourth one, but it's fantastic. Connor um, Reeves is just so not a good actor, but yes, weirdly, <laughs> but weirdly, just so likable.
1: So I didn't feel like getting attacked, but on Twitter this week, somebody put um, like okay, let's not even lie, Keanu Reeves um, is a bad actor. And then somebody retweeted it and and was like, oh, this person's looking to get get killed tonight or something. Yeah. And I was like, I wanted to respond and be like, well, they ain't wrong, though. And I was like, nah, I I don't feel like getting the hate for
0: it. Keanu's not a good actor, like, but something about i think he's very charismatic and he's super likable and it like as a real person and it bleeds yeah. through John into Nick his performances works
1: because it doesn't rely on him talking
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly. And his action is awesome. Yeah,
1: and it, I think he's a skilled. Yeah, I mean, he um, he
0: launched the Matrix, you know. Yeah, so, martial. Isn't
1: he like a martial artist? Yeah, he yeah.
0: like he gets super into it. Yeah. So when he was learning, like when he did the Matrix, he learned how to yeah. do martial arts. And when he did John Wick, he went through numerous like gun training courses. Yeah. So, uh, so he's very well versed in them. Um, But it's just as fun as the other ones. I mean, you get all your, like, key characters. Lawrence Fishburne is back. Ian McShane is back. Um, Halle Berry is introduced in this one. And she's, she's, I I don't normally like Halle Berry, but she's super good in it. Um, It's just, and it's brutal. Um, You know, like, what do they call it? You know, gunfu or gunkata, whatever you want to call it. It's just, it's super fun and like it really hits the, literally hits the ground running. It's John Wick running through the city with his dog. There's no dog death in this. Just so but you're, you know. just so you know, because yeah, I was like really worried about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, it's not a spoiler. But I yeah, mean, the dog dies. In, in the, the first, first one, that's what wick. launches it all. It's yeah. what starts the whole story. So, you know, you know it's necessary. But my recommendation would be if you know that happens, but you haven't seen it yet or you want to rewatch it, just skip that part. Yeah, you can like you skip can just, 15 minutes in. Yeah, just and, go until after that happens. And then you don't have to. It's like the saddest
0: to. fucking thing. I
1: Yeah, I can't do it. It's I,
0: brutal. Yeah. I
1: hadn't watched it yet. And my husband and I were like, yeah, okay, maybe we'll watch it. And our friend Derek was over. And he literally just purchased it and was like, no, we're going to watch it. And he's like, well, I just paid six bucks, so we're going to watch it because that's Derek. And we're like, well, okay. And then the fucking dog dies and I get up and I'm like, I'm not doing this. He's like, no, 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 he had to die. I'm like, what? And he's like,
0: it's so Just sad wait. oh it kills me yeah. i i hate even thinking about it It makes my heart hurt it thank really god hurts. that dog is not actually dead um then i saw Brightburn. so Brightburn is being uh it's the director is david Yarovesky. um you'll see james gunn name slathered all over it because he produced it um but it's not directed by him it's his fr- it, but he is friends with james gunn he worked on um like the guardians movies and belco experiment um
1: oh, belco was so good
0: yeah, Bilko was really good. Very underrated. Mm-hmm. That and mayhem both are underrated. Um It's basically evil Superman. Like everyone can tell from the trailer that's right. what it is. That's a hundred percent what the movie is. Like it good. play it's to a T, like
1: the story arc of It's
0: almost too much. Mm-hmm. Because like if you know the beats of Superman's story, you're like, I already know where this is going. Because I already know what Superman's story is, so you just flip it and you got yeah. this. And it's it's almost like like yeah. connect the dots, like Yep, yep, yep. And I think, it, what's weird because... Is it
1: based on something?
0: No. it's okay. I mean, they came up with an idea. Just like, they were like, what if Superman were evil? Which is, you know, like, I'm. there have been numerous comics written about this, but no one's ever made a movie about it. So good yeah. on them to actually, like, have yeah. the initiative. Um, and, I
1: mean, and very easy... Connection to make. I mean, yeah, just shows up at your house. Who's and, to say he's good?
0: And it's doing well. It's I mean, six million dollar budget. It's already at eighteen mil, and it'll probably you know finish like in the twenties. Um, so I'm trying to see if it was rated R or not. Um, I feel like it was, but maybe not. It had to be. If it was R, I don't. Yeah. Okay, so it was rated R. Um, Elizabeth thinks is great. She's the best part of the movie, she's easily. Yeah, she's the emotional anchor. She carries the movie on her back. Um, Roy from the Office. Um, Interesting Yeah he's good though He is good The kid is okay He's great at playing like sociopath Mm. um, Like emotionless like ragdoll But like he is It makes it really hard to get into the movie Because it is mostly about him Like I mean it is about Elizabeth Banks' journey also But like it's just I don't know There was something about the kid that like was off-putting And what's weird is it's rated R And like it When it leans into like the bonkers like him being violent with the superpowers it like when it goes there it's really cool and like shocking because we are used to seeing superpowers on screen but not in this manner and so when it happens it, you're like oh fuck but like it doesn't happen as often as it could mm-hmm. like they take advantage of they pull yeah they they weirdly pull some punches and like i don't know why because i could see if it had like a pg13 rating mm-hmm. um but I don't really understand like why they pull the punches that they do. And then also, um, and this is just a personal like opinion of mine. It's like a super fatalistic ending, which I am not the biggest fan of. So, um, but it's still like, it's a great idea. And there are certain scenes in the movie that make it worth seeing just for those scenes. Um, And what's really cool, like, I was thinking it while I was sitting there watching it, it is a straight horror movie. Like, this isn't like a superhero movie with like horror, like, things in it. It's a straight horror movie. Like, there are numerous, like, I mean, it has jump scares and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they set, there's this scene. I mean, the
1: trailer makes it feel like a horror movie. Yeah,
0: there's a scene where Elizabeth Banks is like going out into this farm at night, and it's really creepy. Like her going out into the farm and like hearing this like weird noise, and it's like a, like I'm sitting there going like, oh, this is a very like atmospheric horror movie. Um, so, I always encourage you guys to go like see movies like this, anyways, because we need to support independent cinema, um, and like so movies oh, like this oh, it's keep written getting by made.
1: Guns Brothers. Two of
0: them. Oh, yep, that yeah, makes it's a sense. they Brian the, and Mark, not yeah, Sean. Which. So not the other ones.
1: Sean's the other. Sean's the actor. The other ones are writers.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah, but definitely. Oh, they wrote "Bring It On" again. Interesting. Uh, definitely worth seeing. I would highly recommend checking it out. Like maybe not full price. Discount day. That's what I did. Um, because again, I think it's a really really cool idea, mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite like. It's almost like they were like. Okay, here's the idea. What do we do with it? And then they're like, eh, "Here we go." It's like when Stephen King has a book that I don't super like. Like a lot of Stephen King's books, I like it three quarters of the way through, and I'm like, "This is great." And then he's like, "He doesn't know how to end it," and I'm like, "Oh, that's not great." Revival, I'm looking at you.
1: Yeah, that's a that's an ending.
0: <laughs> that's an ending. Yep. It's
1: an ending. <laughs> Yeah, critics' consensus, although Brightburn doesn't fully deliver on the pitch-black promise of its setup, it's still enough to offer a diverting subversion of the superhero genre. Mm-hmm. Which seems like pretty in line. The poster's hella creepy.
0: Yeah. I, it's good. Yeah.
1: Good, good, good.
0: His costume design's cool.
1: Um, I watched all of the Final Destinations. Oh, yeah. If you follow me on Twitter, you will see um, my adventures in maternity leave have... It's weird. I'm really busy all day, but not at the same time. Like, taking care of a baby means I can't, I only have, like, really an hour of time where I'm not physically taking care of him. But when I am taking care of him, I can, like, watch a movie or, like, listen to music or an audiobook, but I can't do anything that requires my hands. So it's kind of this, like, weird thing, which has been nice because I've caught up on a lot of stuff. Like, a lot of stuff. Um, and by caught up, I mean I decided to rewatch Final Destinations, which I've seen all of those already numerous times. Um, hey, they were on Netflix. What yep. I, oh, I, so I got the flu. Oh, um
0: yeah.
1: And that was a real bummer on my life. Um, and because I got the flu, it meant I watched Scream, because what else do you watch when you have the flu? And because I watched Scream, I felt like I needed to watch something else. And I realized I actually hadn't seen the first Final Destination in a really long time. Like... Probably 10 years. Um, i have seen the sequels numerous times. Um, I think I'm We only, watched three a lot. Yeah, I watched three a lot. I've definitely seen two a bunch. Um, I've seen four... Actually, I think I've only seen four once. And then I've seen five a few times. Mm-hmm. So I was like, alright, they're all on Netflix. I'm gonna power through them. Um, and so I did. And here is my consensus. Uh, for whatever reason... Oh, I did a... I was... Could not figure it out, so because I'm really nerdy, I made, like, a spreadsheet um, to try and figure out the reasoning behind this. So the first one is great. I mean, it's so good. It's well-acted. It's got a great cast of, like, up-and-coming actors at the time, Mm -hmm. more actors that were already kind of there.
0: Sean Um, William Scott, Devin Sawa, Ali Larder, Larder. um, Chris Smith. Yeah. Lots of, like, teens that were on their way or there. I mean, this is post-Varsity Blues and Dawson's Creek and American, American Pie. Pie. So, yeah. like, all these guys were definitely, like, known at least. What is your spreadsheet here? Is it how you were trying to figure out why the second yeah. one? Yeah, so, okay.
1: okay, then I watched the second one. And I'd always, in my head, like, thought I liked the second one better. And then the first one? Than the first one. Oh, I never thought that. I don't know. Well, like I said, it's been a really long time since I'd seen the first one. And, holy moly, I, like, in defense of the second one, I think the first one's been, like, remastered, because, I mean, I watched it, I don't know, we have, like, 4K TV and 4K streaming and whatever, and the first one looked, like, beautiful. It did not look like a movie made in 2000. It looked beautiful. And then the second one came on, and it looked like its low-budget, direct-to-video cousin. (laughs) And I was like, what the heck? And the cast, besides Allie Larder returning, was, like, nobody recognizable, and you're talking to somebody who's been religiously watching TV since she was, like, eight years old, and I, like, one character, I was like, yeah, maybe I've seen them on a TV show a couple times. It's so, besides that opening scene with the car and, of course, the logs is, like, like, the most iconic thing to come out of Final Destination. The entire series. The entire series. Yeah. Is a log. How many memes do you guys see on Instagram trip. about that? And it's true. Oh, it's super true. If you're driving true. on the freeway, yeah. you see the logs or pipes or anything like that, you get in the next lane. Yeah, you're like, 100%. fuck that. 100 no. <laughs> yeah. Every single person does it. I don't care who you are. Because no matter what, you're like, but what if? Yep. And you get in the other lane. What's funny, though, is that it's not very good. It's It gets really muddled with trying to connect itself to the first movie. Mm-hmm.
0: All the stuff with Clear is super, like, just like, really shoehorned in. It is. Yeah.
1: And, like, trying to be... And then they, like, really quickly, it's like, well, like, try and say, like, Alex killed himself or something because Alex survives the first one. Um, And that's Devin Sawat's character. And it just... It falls flat. The opening scene is great, but everything that they try and do to connect to death falls flat. I will say the only thing that I appreciate that they didn't do is in the first one, which I didn't remember death is like actually a black shadow and it's really corny and that disappears in the rest of the movies um but you know like when the window blow and you know that something is gonna happen and the first one it's actually like a black shadow that like sort of travels around like
0: oh i don't pers- remember yeah that. Oh. you forget
1: it's bad oh. it's kind of like a personification of death is a black shadow and it's not good and i had forgotten about that and i was happy to see that they kind of got rid of that Every final destination, they do a better job of like the clues of death. Um, So, yeah, that was sort of like my big outtake is that I was a little disappointed with how cheap two felt. Um, I don't, I can't find my spreadsheet easily and I don't want to take the time to find it. But um, two and four were by the same director, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, Budget similar. Uh, second, the second one is the second highest grossing. Four is the highest grossing. Mm. Um, it four came out in two thousand nine, and it also was in three D.
0: It's also first. like unanimously the worst. Mm-hmm. Like people dislike it the mm-hmm. most. I'm not saying it's the worst. I am saying it's the worst, but it's also like unanimously right. Like, people dislike it the most
1: because it's just it's goofy.
0: Well, it's um, like starts with a NASCAR race, which mm-hmm. is kind of goofy to begin with, and then like. Especially, like, any of these movies that are made in 3D, and then you don't watch them in 3D, That's when you're horrible. watching them, you're mm-hmm. like, I can tell this was supposed to be for 3D, because, like, these scenes are super goofy.
1: Yeah. So, 3, I love. I'm gonna have, like, a biased love for it, because of the time it came out. came out in 2006. The cast, yeah. Elizabeth Winstead, um, Ryan Merriman are the two stars of it. Um, Alex, Alex Johnson, Johnson from Instant, yeah. Instant Star is in it. Amanda Crew's in it. Amanda yeah. Crew. Um, mm-hmm. Excellent cast. Love the whole roller coaster. It's a high school. Yep, yep. Um, it's a teen scream. It's a teen scream. It's full-blooded a teen scream, and it it's just speaks to my soul. Yep. So I'm always going to have a bias towards that one, but I, I was trying to be really objective, and I honestly I I think it's better than two. I really do. Yep.
0: Um probably is.
1: Four is goofy. It's the racetrack one. It's not good. <laughs> I will say if it can be watched in 3D... I think it's more fun. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Than 2. The kills, and I think it's one of those things that reminded me of my Bloody Valentine 3D where you're just like, these kills are so amplified and creative because they're in 3D. There are some really cool kills in um, 4 that I like a lot. Like there's a a guy's head that goes through a fence and it sort of slides through like a cheese. Um, but it doesn't look good in 2D. It uh-uh. doesn't translate. It doesn't. The CG looks really bad. And it's earlier 3D. It's not early 3D. I mean, it's not the 80s. But it's not, like, 3D that we even have now. Like, it's amazing how fast the technology has gotten so much better since 2009. I will say, I, am like, think 2009 is going to have to be the freaking, like, basis of all of these... Feels As soon as I saw it, like, this movie was made in 2009. There's a, It's the only sex scene in the entire series. There's a sex scene and bare-chested girl on top. I'm like, this is true blue
0: yep. from the
1: era. Yep. From that year specifically. It's insane how easy it is to tell the trends. Um, and it fits right into it, and I think that's why it hasn't aged as well either. Um, a lot of people didn't like the movies coming out that year. Yeah. Um, like, the friday the 13th remake which is
0: getting it's getting a lot of love now yeah it's
1: it's finding its audience but um i think that's another thing that hurts it is it was really playing into the time it came out um but i will say it's more fun than two and then five is just um
0: five's really well done
1: five is extremely well done um it feels the most like one Yep. Um, it, Ugh, yep. 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 It feels most like one. You've got a more serious cast. We've got young adults. Um, it's more grounded, and the connections uh-huh. that it makes are very well executed. And feels there's some wonky stuff. God, um, is it? Yeah. Two. Yeah. Two is the one that does it super weird, and I don't like how it ties into how it's happening. That's the one where it's like that's why it's going backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, it, like, the reasoning of death, um, is really great, just like one was, and.
0: Oh my god, you're, like, you're giving me, like, flashbacks to two now of, like, all the weird, like, they died and were brought back, so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm remembering. Yeah, no, okay. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You go
1: back and you go, oh. It gets oh, super muddled, it yeah. Gets super muddled, but, um, and then five, I won't spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but, um, it does a beautiful tying an in into the series. Yep. Um, and so, the movie ends, and it makes a conclusion to the five films, and I think this is a great franchise, I definitely think it's something that we're gonna cover, um, I think they work as some better than others. Three in particular works great as a slasher.
0: Yeah, we've seen Um, a lot of arguments online like of Final Destination being like a supernatural slasher and we're going to lean into that because we would love to cover them.
1: Yeah, and I mean it is. If if Death was, and you know, you kind of get with um, What's-His-Face, the guy who plays Candyman, I'm forgetting his name right now. Tony Todd. Tony Todd sort of plays uh, Death's...
0: Like personified in the first one.
1: And the fifth and the second.
0: Yeah, he's only missing from the other two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so he's in them and he kind of plays like death's bidding. Um mm-hmm. and gives yeah. like the characters a little bit clues and will be like, no, it's not me. I'm just doing what the like the natural order. So he's kind of death or he's kind of doing death's bidding. Um but, you know, if you personify the supernatural entity of death, I mean, he's coming after him. So anywho, um they're all... I believe they're all streaming on Netflix except for the fifth one. I think the fifth one I had to write. Yeah, it's not, um,
0: for some reason, unfortunately. I'm
1: probably done by a different studio, I'm assuming. Probably. I know the um, same
0: producer's been on them all.
1: But, great series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I rewatched um Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. And just quick note, um, I mean, I love this movie. It's one of the best. It's one of the best. I mean, I... It's always fights to be like one of my favorites for sure um and i think every time i watch it i just appreciate like the little vignettes in the film more than anything it's done so well i still think and like yeah you can find some things goofy for sure like with accordion arms yeah um but there's still so many things in that film that are so timeless and that you've seen done 1,000, mm-hmm. 100 million times mm-hmm. after it and just aren't as effective, especially, like, you know, um, on being on the wall and something coming yep. out and, like, all that stuff and, like, the hallway scene and all that is just so good. Um, the
0: scene with Tina in the body bag through the school hallway still to this day is, like, one of the creepiest mm-hmm. – fu- every time mm-hmm. it, like, scares oh, it, the that, shit yeah. out of me.
1: That is a lasting – so that's the thing. It's like, w- even though it's a movie that's I think really well acted, I think Heather Langenkamp is like the best final girl. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's her and Sid would have to do her it out. And Sid. Yeah, for sure. She's such a fighter. Um, she's so smart. She's instantly like, "Okay, this is a problem, um, and I'm gonna find a solution." And she does. She's not letting anything happened to her. Um, And Heather's just great. She's Mm -hmm. so good. So you have this great story. You have a really creepy killer. um, You have a great final girl. But then you have so many, and that's all great in a slasher. But then what Wes gives you are these like incredible, eerie, creepy moments that just last. Like Tina in the hallway and Tina's kill to begin with. And... Um, well, Johnny that, Depp's kill. Going, oh, Johnny Depp's going yeah. through the bed and
0: well, just that in that bathtub scene too. The
1: bathtub scene, like, like Nothing all these like things. really happened.
0: I mean it does, but like 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 when his suspense, hand pops up, oh it's yeah. so good. It's and so she's good. She's just
1: like nodding off and like, yeah, if you're sitting in the bathtub. So all these things that like stay with you that you wouldn't normally get in a slasher. Mm-hmm. Where it's because it's not about that, it's not about these little creepy moments, it's about the killer killing you. Um, I think that's what makes this film like so beautiful yep. and so well done. Because it's not just about Freddie stalking these kids; it's about these little, tiny, horrific moments happening um, that are super creepy and stay with you forever. Right. And
0: like, what's you know, Wes afforded himself the opportunity to do that by making Freddie the way he is, where he attacks you in your sleep. Like, it gave him that opportunity. Like, mm-hmm. but that was Wes. I mean, mm-hmm. he. I mean, he came up with that. Like. He's just so smart.
1: Yeah, I own the the series that has um, all of them except for Freddy vs. Jason and the remake. And the remake, yeah. Um, and just even on the first disc, they have like special features. And I've seen the God. I think it's like four hour documentary. Never Sleep Again. Oh, I love that. It's doc. so good. So good. And they have pieces of it um, on this. And so I was just watching one part of it, and they were sort of going movie by movie really quickly. And Wes was just talking about how um, the second one, and I just loved his comment. He's like people. The second one didn't work because people didn't want to see Freddy in the real world, and that's what they do. They take him out, and he kills them in the real world. That's not what makes him scary, right? And it's so true. I
0: don't know. Yeah, that movie is seeing a lot of like resurgence now because of its like gay, um, like its queer representation. I like too. Yeah,
1: I've always liked too.
0: Yeah, but like Um, Wes is definitely right about that.
1: Oh, but yeah but it's a different beast. And oh, very different. Yeah. Nightmare is its best as Nightmare and A New Nightmare because Ooh, yeah. they're Wes's babies.
0: And then Dream Warriors. I love Dream Warriors. Yeah. Um, so. Always great to visit Wes. I think yes. we bring him up at least once a show. Oh,
1: love you, miss
0: you. Every day. Uh, so we covered Cut from 2000, which was suggested to us by Robert Prudholm um, via Twitter. Right? It was Robert, uh-huh. I believe. Um always love an aught slasher i have seen this but i didn't realize until i was watching it um but it's on amazon prime so if you have amazon you can go watch it uh the synopsis is 1985 the cast and crew of the horror flick hot-blooded are learning firsthand what it means to be stalked by a mass killer when the director is viciously murdered on set the production is shut down and the film walked away incomplete but every time the footage is screened somebody dies 14 years later a group of enthusiastic film students decides to finish hot blooded after shooting commences on the eerie film location the students start to disappear one by one now they just have to finish the film before it finishes them oh that's a great line that's the tagline oh that's a great tagline yeah good yeah that's super one of my favorites uh, yeah, so came out March 2nd, um, 2000, in Australia. It's super Australian. Mm-hmm. Like, Molly Ringwald stands out as, like, pretty much the only American in the movie.
1: Yeah, if you don't pay, like, if I would, like, not super pay attention, the words just sounded, like, gibberish to me. I'd be like, wait, what'd they just say? Like, I really have to... That That's anybody... Even with, like, a different American accent, that's not... As beautifully Californian as ours. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, Which I know to other people, like, we definitely say some things that are weird. Um, But even people with accents, like, from other parts. Like, we have a friend from Wisconsin. And sometimes they'll say words if I'm not paying attention to them. Like, what the hell did you just say? What was that word again?
0: Yeah. um, Our friend Aaron is Australian. And so uh, I just kept thinking of him while watching Uh this movie. The budget is unknown, question mark um but it made five hundred thousand dollars in australia so however i don't know how that translates it definitely did not get a theatrical release in the states and if it did it was very 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 limited yeah
1: i see i was like looking i know yeah it was filmed in south uh, south australia um it did open in france and hong kong at number two at the box office wow yeah um so i'm not sure i mean it probably opened here in the states maybe i mean march if it opened
0: in march that's why that's like dead that's when they dump movies so it's when horror movies do very well
1: the first australian theatrical feature film of actress molly ringwald oh
0: wow what trivia it was not received well
1: no
0: um and i can understand why this is definitely it is not a good movie in the sense of like when you are breaking films down as a film but as like is it a fun movie especially if you're a slasher fan like absolutely um it's very meta it gets it's very like mm-hmm. it reminds you know that's part of the reason why b watch nightmares is because there are Gain vibes of nightmare. nightmare vibes um if you've seen the movie the final girls with um what's her name tasa Farmiga um and malin akerman uh it's reminded me and a nina lot dobrev. of that and nina dobrev and adam Devine. that's a cast is great too um <laughs> That guy from Silicon Valley, Lily whose Bridges. real name I can't ever remember. Um, yeah. But if you if you've seen the Final Girls, it reminded me a lot of that too. I watch that. Um. So if I it it definitely like does a good job, I think, of being meta. No, um. I, I definitely think so. Like it, like it's fun. It definitely in hard yeah hardcore like nightmare for sure. Yeah. I mean and the killer partially like, it looks like Freddy. Yeah,
1: he does, and then like kind of some. Um, Scream Three,
0: like, yes.
1: Meta ness to mm-hmm. the whole film within a film, stalking the cast, kind of stuff. Yeah, just missing the haunting aspect, which is more the nightmare stuff.
0: Um, this cover is very. Like, does Australia get things later than us? This feels like a like a mid-90s cover, more than a aughts cover. Yeah, I guess so this is the
1: cover from our Amazon. Um, so if you go to Amazon Prime, this is the cover. The cover that you see, I think, was probably the theatrical cover. Is looks more in line with, like, the 2000s a little bit. Um, it actually has um, our final girl um, and director. What's her name? Kirby or... Raffi. Raffi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the killer spear um, sort of like cutting through, um, which is interesting.
0: It's not good.
1: But this one is, whew, yeah. It's got a film strip on it, which I like. I like that motif. And you can see like the faces of the main actors within it and, and the killer within the film strip. But then you have this like super photoshopped.
0: Oh, like, it's so bad. It looks like a knife.
1: his blade of his spears um but
0: it looks like a knife which is frustrating because he doesn't uh use a knife he actually has a weapon he uses yeah
1: and it's not serrated so it is the weapon because you can see it at the bottom yeah for some reason they serrated it which it's not serrated at all it's very thin and then they chose and it's like blue and red which is common and oh it's just straight out of photoshop like photoshop (laughs) like 2000 really um they like 3D embossed the title of the movie cut, and so it's like looks three dimensional. And then they splatter blood on it. Um, I do not know what they're doing with the typography of their names in the corner. It's something to be desired.
0: I love that Molly Ringwald and Kylie Minogue get top billing. Um, Kylie Minogue's in this movie for like maybe two minutes.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a cameo. It's the same as anything like blood bath that movie we can never remember the name of that we watched molly hatchet oh yeah
0: the blood knight the legend of molly hatchet or yeah something, yeah, blood knight. yeah blood night yeah sure whatever, yeah, whatever something um like
1: same reason why you know what's her face from halloween is like top build on it you know what yeah what's her name from halloween
0: daniel harris yeah she's in that movie a bunch no she's, she's, she's not like she's like the main character, really character of the movie your phone is under me i was wondering <laughs> i was like why am i vibrating <laughs>
1: Anywho, yeah, I mean, that's how they're going to sell it. But they have him and the killer in his, like, um, melted mask, mm-hmm. and then they, like, painted over his scar It's just really bad. It's the only part that looks good to me is the characters in the film strip, and I like that it's blue.
0: And I like that it's blue.
1: That's it. That's my really astute, like, professional graphic opinion. I like that it's blue.
0: That's what she went to school for. Yeah. That's what she spent all that money on.
1: Yeah. That's where I'm going to send this $1, clip. $1. I'm going to send
0: this clip. Who who was. Is, send that to my professors. Yeah. Uh,
1: that was actually, we'd get in a lot of trouble or not. Let us say we like something.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, no sequels, but it definitely leaves it open for one. Mm-hmm. As you know, it does that classic slasher stinger. Um, Guy Gross, really? Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. Uh, He does the score. He has 79 credits. It's mostly, it looks like a lot of television.
1: It's a lot of television and like a lot of like australian stuff but i felt like it was worth mentioning just because i don't recognize it doesn't mean that you won't recognize it right. so far escape is, is pretty big. big yeah um but then the adventures of priscilla a few best men and a Swing safari are what he's known for and i think a few best men is a new one that has like rebel wilson in it
0: interesting fun
1: fact um kimball rindall or Rindall, um is the director. <laughs> So, he directed that Guardians of the Tomb movie, which I'm sure you've seen on, like, Amazon or Hulu or something. Or Red streaming. Um And it has the same font as Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but I don't think even the storyline has anything to do with it. I think it's, like, a Tomb Raider type thing.
0: Yeah. Starring uh, Cullen Lutz from Twilight fame. Uh-huh. And uh, Kelsey Grammer of yeah. Frasier fame.
1: Um and then Bait in two thousand
0: twelve. Um the movie was semi big, uh definitely Australian too.
1: Yeah, and then uh assistant director on some a lo- quite a few projects, um, some big ones, Ghost Rider, um, iRobot, Matrix Reloaded and a couple other Matrix like things. Um, so you know, definitely nothing huge, but he's you know, I mean Matrix is huge. As
0: assistant director, though. Yeah. Ghost Rider's bad. That's a bad movie. If you disagree with me, you can find me on Twitter, and we will talk about it. Uh, Dave Warner wrote it, 13 credits. He wrote Restraint in 2008, starring Teresa Palmer, which I know that's why you put this on here, B, because Teresa Palmer's in it. Well, yeah. And you like her. Um, I
1: mean, and she's, like, a notable Australian actress, right?
0: So. Um, She's, like, the blonde, right?
1: Yeah, she's from Warm Bodies fame. Yes. And she's in that new show, which is of something.
0: I think the, she, is she in that one. Booksmart movie? Is that her? No, that's Olivia Wilde. Um wait, which one?
1: That new show um Matthew Good and her which is something it's a Shutter
0: to Oh, show. Well, um yeah a Discovery yeah yeah, of d- yeah, Discovery of Witches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um Dave Warner's also a musician um, in a band called From the Suburbs. And I guess this is B's trivia, but uh they have a special brand of pub rock and Bob Dylan once declared Warner to be his favorite Australian songwriter
1: really fun fact that is cool i like that so he's more like famous for his music apparently than his writing but yeah that's Bob neat. dylan is
0: a fan art director
1: and i put this because i always look at the because art director. they did ghost ship yeah no that's cool and but um i always look at art director um mainly because i would love to work for the art department of a on a film one day that's like lofty goals um, because anything that you see in a movie that has type on it was done by a graphic designer, um, and that includes like menus or buildings or anything like that that doesn't already exist. The art department works on it, um, and the art director is the one who like facilitates that and like finds the sets and all that stuff. But this guy is like the big big deal. He's the art director for Mad Max Fury Road, Aquaman, Thor Ragnarok, and Ghost Ship. So I thought there's that was an cool.
0: outlier here. Yeah. I guess yeah. he was still finding his sea legs on Ghost Ship. Oh, God. <laughs> that was good. Um, Molly Ringwald as uh, uh, Vanessa Turnbill slash Chloe. Yeah. Uh, everybody, everybody knows who Molly yeah, is. Molly Ringwald's very famous. Um, Jessica Napier as Raffy. That's the name R A F F Y, like taffy with an R. Carruthers. Is has...
1: Raffy the name of like a famous like kids musician? Raffy. Yeah, but it's R. A F F I, yeah,
0: Raffy. Mm, I have no idea. Yeah, for you're the sure. one with a kid, so. Um... Oh, no,
1: I don't know that because I have a kid. He's like two days old. Is it Riff Raff? Yeah, baby Beluga.
0: Oh, you know? Raffy. never knew that. Um, I yep. know Riff Raff, oh, no. who I don't think is a child's artist.
1: I don't think Riff Raff exists anymore.
0: Yo, he definitely does. He comes to Ace of Spades like every year with either like Mickey Avalon or Dirt Nasty or someone awful.
1: He's the one that Alien was based off, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. She is big in Australia, too. She was in McLeod's Daughters, which I know was a big show there. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has a lot of credits. She's like, other than um, Kylie Minogue, she's probably the most famous person. Well, yeah. she's definitely the most famous person. Nobody else this. really
1: has any credits. I looked. Um, the only other one that I saw that super notable is Kathy Adamick, who plays Julie as Prue in The Babadook.
0: Uh, And then also, this guy who plays Rick is named Steph Curry, which is fantastic. Well, his name's Stephen Curry, but Steph Curry, especially we're in the Bay Area. Well, Bay Area ish. Ish. Um, So there's tons of Golden State Warriors fans. So so you hear Steph Curry a lot. So that's pretty funny. But he played, um, I have seen Hounds of Love in 2016. That movie is brutal. That's why I put that on there. Um, yeah, Kylie Minogue as Hillary Jacobs, she's like the director of the movie that it's all based around, Hot Blooded. Is that what it's called? Hot Blooded? Yeah, yeah. And
1: Kylie Minogue is like international superstar, so, biggest. Yeah, like, if you guys
0: don't know this, Kylie Minogue is like fucking Madonna and Britney Spears put together uh, in Australia. She's Not even in
1: Australia, like really like, everywhere. Everywhere in but, the but America, she's yeah. She's big here. I mean, I worked at a record store forever and she definitely sold a and ton And she definitely has like
0: a couple singles here that went big.
1: But she, She's like Shakira. Shakira is like ginormous everywhere in the world, and she's like pretty big here. And then Kylie Minogue is like freaking ginormous everywhere, and like most people know who she is here. But yeah, she's like international huge pop yeah, star, pop dance. Um, she's also gorgeous. Yeah, she's very. And pretty. she's one of those like pop stars, like Madonna and Britney, who's like has a reputation for being like a gay icon
0: yes um this cast is huge it's a very big mm-hmm. cast so um but those are the notables yeah. it's definitely a teen scream mm-hmm. um i mean we're they're like film students so they're like late teens early College 20s brain. yeah uh and it's very meta which is this one of the first like meta films we've really tackled i think so mm. i don't think we've had a lot of meta yet uh brad is our killer <laughs> But he kind of gets retitled as The Scar Man, yeah. which isn't super better, but...
1: Yeah, I don't really know. Because I wish I he mean, was the Brad really... Man. Because the killer exists, so the part that gets hard about our killer in this is that he exists within Hot Blooded, and that's why his masks look like that and everything, but we don't know what his arc is in Hot Blooded. Um, yeah. We don't know why he exists as a killer in that movie, or we know that he... The actor who played Scarman in Hot-Blooded is our killer in this movie.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, that's kind of hard. Yeah. I think, so we I don't, don't really about...
1: know. The only thing we know is that Brad was an actor. Kylie Minogue, our director, said he was terrible, fired him, humiliated him on set, and he decided to take on show her that he really could be terrifying put on the mask and killed her
0: yeah cut her tongue out
1: yeah um she can't talk back to him anymore so and then you know he gets killed and yeah molly
0: ringwald's character kills him and yes. she's like the lead not, actress in hot-blooded
1: but not her character her in real life yeah kills her him.
0: yes yes not vanessa. her movie character yes. not her hot-blooded character but her, her cut character
1: yes so vanessa kills him yes oh my goodness okay
0: so i mean spoiler we'll jump right to like the reveal basically so brad is dead but he they find out that by filming them by making the movie and by like having the film reels exist and like showing them he is our scar man is brad but he's brought back he's the collective like consciousness of their creativity and by making the movie they are willing him to life to kill people Um, which isn't revealed until, like, the last 15 minutes Mm -hmm. of the movie, you kind of get a vibe that that's what's happening because we all see Brad die, but also it's a slasher movie, so you never know. Um, But that it does go from, like, pretty pure slasher to hardcore supernatural slasher Mm -hmm. in the last 15 minutes. Um, And that's why we're explaining all the weird meta contextual stuff because, you know, Brad acted in Hot-Blooded, but then comes back as a killer in our movie cut.
1: And it's more like his motive in these killings for Cut is really the fact that this film is cursed mm-hmm. and he's comes back to really kill off anybody who dares finish off the film. So that's his motive. Um, he exists within the film, um, within the film reels, and he exists to make sure that it doesn't get finished.
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like, I like, I really like the idea of a lost film. I think, Mm -hmm. so, lost films are real, by the way, and it's a super fascinating subject, and it happens less and less, especially now that we exist in a digital age. Mm -hmm. Um, But when film. Like I mean, the big Warner but there are fires. That gets
1: finished and does
0: not get yeah, that's true. I mean, we Stream talked. Sc- Stream the TV show season three. Um, but there are like, if you ever look into it, so Dave Parker um, made a movie called The Hills Run Red. That's all based on a lost film. Like it, the the premise of it, it's not based on a real lost film. But um, the, like real lost films exist too, because like the Warner Archives caught fire sometime in like the, uh, God, fifties sixties. Tons of movies were lost, and like, because they only had one print, and also film is super flammable. Um, there's a, and one of the coolest things you can ever read up on, if you want to be a re- like super big film nerd, um, there's a movie called London After Midnight that Lon Chaney made, and there's very famous images of him in like the makeup and everything for it. It doesn't exist. Like people, like there's rumors, like it will pop up online every once in a while that it exists, um, but like no one's ever been able to find a, a print of it. Um, but I like, I really like that, the idea of this is like it's a lost film, like they're trying to finish it, um and like this idea that like, you know, pretty much only this print exists, but like whenever someone sees it, like whenever they show it, someone dies. It's cool, it mixes like the kind of like curse mythology of like, the you know the Egyptian curse or like James Dean's car with like lost films. It's neat. Um, his weapon is a is a pair of pruning shears which is cool because we don't really see them a lot in movies i think i've seen like a few pruning shear or like you know gardening shear kills but never as like the central weapon um and he uses them pretty creatively throughout the film um basically so you know B kind of like explained how the movie starts is he's fired on set and then uh kills the director so the whole production is shut down um and like you know again spoilers right out the gate we can just go Rafi, we find is you'll come to find out is the director's daughter um and she's like that's why she's like hellbent on finishing this movie is because her mom kind of got slandered as like being a bad director um and so she really wants to like finish what her mom started and she's like she is also Rafi is like a very up-and-coming director like very um gets a lot of appraisal and like the, mm-hmm. the the circuit i
1: know it was funny because she's like in film school or whatever um and she's like wanting to work on this project and her professor was being so like um encouraging and complimentary and was just being like you're so talented you're more than this blah 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 and i don't know if it's just like ptsd from my own like art like school experience but i was like what no that's not real Anybody who went to film school, I know, Brennan, you went to film school, like, somebody tell me if any of your professors, like, ever were complimentary to you. Because that, I just feel like is not something that happens in, like, that field. It's all, like, yeah, you know that they, like, think you're good or, like, see potential, but they're never going to actually tell you that, you know? I just thought it was not very realistic.
0: Um, I do enjoy, so they basically, like, get the green light to make the finish hot-blooded. And so they bring back Molly Ringwald's um, character to finish, but now she's going to play, like, the mother of the character she played in the yeah. original in. But I like when her agent's trying to sell her on it, and he actually, like, he brings up Scream. He's like, oh, look at, like... Courtney Cox. Yeah, look at Courtney Cox, and, like, I don't think they say... Do they say Scream? They might they're, They may, might allude to it, but she's like, ugh, she was already a millionaire. Yeah. Um, there's, like, a couple little like kind of fun film references in this one.
1: Yeah, I liked that. And then I think they made something some reference to something like Dancing with the Stars or whatever. I don't think Dancing with the Stars existed then. But it was like some kind of like, well you can either go do this movie or you're gonna do this sort oh, of like it's a golf tournament. Yeah, it's a gol- celebrity yeah. golf tournament. Like, yeah. this this is what like has do. And I I wonder, wonder like she she felt about playing, playing like, talk about being meta meta I mean, she she to to be in that position herself to be doing like a australian low budget slasher film yep um and so like i wonder how that hits with her she might i always get curious about that like she might just be like i don't fucking care like what you say about my career like this is a paycheck and i get to act
0: Mm -hmm. you know maybe Mm
1: -hmm. she doesn't care
0: tell you who doesn't care Malcolm McDowell doesn't care
1: oh god
0: um so the the whole like team is in I mean so they fly her out to Australia they do a screening of the movie um and so they watch you know like what exists of the movie and um then they go out to this location to film it's like it's now owned by this guy and so they have to like get permission from him and they go out. it's the house that it was originally filmed at um in the property and they go out to film it so it takes place like over the night it's like two nights like that, like all mm-hmm. of this happens. Um, but they go out there, and again, it's a pretty large cast because you have like your director, her producer, um, the cameraman, the, the cameraman, costume, the the actors. Um, I don't know. They, all they get like introduced. there's like legit like a boom operator yeah. and electrician. They do all get introduced. Mm-hmm. There's like a funny little scene when they arrive at the hotel, and it's like one of them's like, "So what's going on with like so and so?" And they break down all the characters' relationships. They're like. Oh, no, you know, like, Rafi's into this person, and then this person's into this person, but that person's doing this person, um, which I thought was, like, a fun, like, just, like, makes you instantly in the friend group. Like, you just feel, like, included in the friend group, which I thought was, like, a neat way to do that. Um, So the first night of filming, while things are going horribly wrong outside because Molly Ringwald can't drive, uh, we get our first two kills and that's Polly and Cass. Who Polly? They're like the only like actual couple. Yeah. Um, and Polly says that he's sick and that, or he had to go to town to get something, and that Cass is sick, so that they can escape away into the house to have sex. Um, and they're about to have sex on the kitchen table when uh, the Scar Man appears. Um, and the whole movie, pretty much, they all think it's Bobby. Like anytime he shows up, because.
1: He's the one playing. He's
0: the one playing the Scarman in the Hot-Blooded, like, fin- like remake. Not remake, but, like, finishing of Hot-Blooded. Um, so they think it's Bobby, and he decapitates Cass, or Polly, which is... Uh, it's a true, like, 90s, 2000s era decapitation because the head comes off and... He, like of course he still has to show the head, and he like notices that his own head has fallen off. I feel like that happens so often. In yeah, this, like, where they like look and go. Yeah, oh. it was like a big thing. Yeah. like like my, my head. Yeah, my head. My is body's go- over there. Exactly. Um, so Polly's decapitated. And then Cass is trying to get out, and he uses not for the like only time in the movie. He throws the gardening shears and he pins her to the door, um, she, like, hangs. and she yeah she's like hanging there on the door. Um, so those are like our first two kills. Um. By this point, the cops are made aware that the projectionist was killed um, yeah. from when they screened the movie, which the whole thing is like this movie is cursed. Every time it's yeah. shown, someone dies, and they thought they. We're like, well, we did it. Like, we got away with no one dying. So, when the cops come and tell them the protectionist was killed, it kind of gets in like Raffi's head because she's like, I don't know what's going on now. Um, Because she doesn't want to buy into this whole like curse thing, but also it's really fucking weird. Um, so, yeah, the cops have come and, sh- and told them the, the projectionist is dead, and then Rafi's worried, too, because Paulie and Cass are gone. Everyone's just, like, they probably got drunk and had sex and stayed the night in, like, a shed or at, in that Swiss L.A. where her mother was murdered. Um, so they go out, and the, it's, like, almost all night shoots, I realize, too, because they barely do anything during the day. Like, all the day scenes are at the hotel when they're, like, kind of, like, discover like, talking yeah. about...
1: Well, well, yeah, because the they're just filming the climax. That's it. The whole oh, movie's right, done except for the right. climax. Okay, also. And so they're waiting for a night to happen so they can finish it. Did
0: her film teacher and Molly Ringwald have, like, a thing? Because, like, there's she goes in and she's like, Ugh, this bed is covered in bugs. I just know it. And she's like, I'm going to need a massage. And he's like, well, I'm trained in, like, Rocky or something.
1: Oh, you mean Lost Men? Yeah. Yeah, that's how her film teacher. He was the boom operator on the original Hot-Blooded.
0: Oh, okay. So they knew
1: each other then.
0: Well, I think they hook up. Because there's also yeah. a scene, like, after... I
1: don't know, but I, he's the most likable character. Oh, He's like, yeah. I love him so much.
0: Yeah, he's super enjoyable. Yeah. I really like him, too. Because, um, like, he, he, like, mentions how he was, like, trained in...
1: Right, in, like, masseuse...
0: Some weird style massage. Yeah. And then that... So there's that weird, like, random sex scene with Rafi and Dominic, like... And it's not, it's not even, like, like, it's not, like, your gratuitous, like, TNA no. scene. They literally, like, like show the them. He comes in and, like, flirts with her. They don't even kiss. And then the next time we see them, they're under the covers. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But after that scene, it shows Lostman in the room with Molly Ringwald. And he's buttoning his shirt up. And I was like, are they hooking up, too? Like, I don't even know what's happening here. Um, But so it's another night scene. Uh, and, like, you know, Rafi has already explained to... Cass, the, that's the producer who is also a lesbian. And
1: in love with Rafi. Uh, and in love
0: with Rafi, who also kisses her. Uh-huh. And I I mean, props to Rafi, like, doesn't phase her at all. She's not like, oh, that's weird or anything. She's like, okay, well, if, like, we don't hear from them by the time we do this, you gotta call the cops. Yeah, doesn't she
1: say something at one point in the movie, like, you know, not, it's not the time for this, or something like that?
0: Yeah. I, I think like so. I feel like she
1: made, like, some illusion, like, we've talked about this or something it
0: was a very like i wonder why because i mean well why what like why include that she's in love with rafi not that she's a lesbian because like i don't care when things like because like sometimes i see people bring it up and they're like why did they include that she's a lesbian if they're not going to do anything with it i'm like because lesbians exist as people they don't need to be like
1: they don't need they a don't scene need like a and weird, like an arc where yeah. it's like, this is going to show my path of being a lesbian. It's exactly. Like they can just exist. Yeah,
0: like, yeah. that's a lesbian. I'm like, yeah. cool. And she almost is that character. But then there's that like random kiss Rafi and I'm like, what? why? What did they do with this? Like, it doesn't make her death more impactful. Rafi doesn't give a fuck yeah, at she has all. zero cares so about it. It's just like very odd to me. Yeah, they, like, they it's don't a really do choice. anything
1: with it. It's just, maybe it's just to be like, yes, yeah, she's gay.
0: Yeah, and they, like, say it. Like, so, like, everyone, like, I, they're like, oh, Rafi, or, like, Hess is in love with Rafi. I'm like, oh, she's gay. Okay. And right. then, like, they do that weird, I don't know. Um, yeah.
1: Was it necessary? Probably not.
0: No. So, it's the night of, like, so this is the final night. And so, the they, need, night. they need, they <laughs> need, they need more lights. So, Jim goes to go into town to, like, get more lights. It's
1: like a generator or something. Oh, yeah, no, that's what it's he says. Generator. He goes, maybe I
0: can find a friendly farmer to lend us a generator. <laughs>
1: Maybe, are there a lot of those in Australia? Friendly farmers?
0: Are there a lot of farmers?
1: Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I think Australia is like pretty
0: I've never been wild, there. What do yeah? they farm? What do you farm, Aaron?
1: I don't know. I know nothing about geography in general. I
0: definitely don't know anything about the crops of Australia.
1: I know there's a lot of critters there.
0: Yeah. I know kangaroos are like rodents, right? I don't know.
1: Rodents? Yeah, I don't know. I think
0: so. Um like giant rodents. I, think I might be making rude that up. To kangaroos. <laughs> Uh, They're
1: marsupials. Yeah. That
0: doesn't mean they're not rodents. Possums are marsupials, and they're rodents. They're Mm. considered rodents. Anyways. Anywho. Jim gets on their giant bus, and Bobby, not Bobby, is sitting in the back of it, um, and...
1: (laughs) Bobby, not Bobby. Yeah,
0: he goes back there to confront him, and his, th- his throat is promptly slit.
1: Yeah, I really liked this, because... So he goes to the back, he thinks it's Bobby, like, screwing with him. He's like, come on, man, you really gotta get out of here. And then he goes to, like, grab him, and Scarman, um, like, cuts him just on his hand to just kind of be like, um, yeah, I'm not fucking Bobby. And then, I don't know exactly what he says, but he's like, oh, kind of like, oh, like... Makes the realization that it's not Bobby, yeah. and then he gets killed. And I really liked that because that's so true. Sometimes we get like upset with characters who's like, "Oh my god, why would you do this?" And to him, there's no fear whatsoever. And so it kind of it made the kill more impactful that he goes and he makes the realization like seconds before he's killed. It's not just like his throat slit instantly. It's like he's made aware, "I'm not Bobby." Yep. And then he gets killed. I really liked that.
0: Yeah, I they. I mean, I see it sometimes, and but I always enjoy it when I see that nostalgia yeah. of them like coming to the realization of like, oh fuck, I was wrong. Yeah. Um, Hessa's the next day. She's outside using her ancient cell phone um, to try to get a hold of someone.
1: Yeah, and like blood drips on her phone, and it's um, Cass who's yeah. been like thrown in a tree cause like had- literally just hanging over yeah. a branch. Uh, they had to get her out of the kitchen because I guess he didn't want to be revealed yet.
0: Yeah, and so she starts running around. Um, she actually puts up a decent fight. killer. Yeah, this kill her. is her
1: biggest chase for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: it's not very long, but she does like run straight into him and manages to like punch him off of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she like kind of trips up and um, she like runs into the Swiss Chalet, but it's been turned into like a shed pretty much. And there's this contraption in there where you put like a piece of wood and you hit this button and this axe just moves itself towards the wood and splits it and the killer puts her head in there. And we don't see it, but we do get a pretty effective um, giant burst of blood all over the window, uh, which I enjoyed. It's the, the blood burst is always uh, it's one of my favorite things. An effective blood burst. And also, though, um, I thought it was pretty funny because the thing moves really slow. But he, like, and he's holding her down. And he doesn't even really show her to put up a fight once he's holding her down. But um, that's, I think, one of the only kills that's not with his shears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bobby. Besides
1: the fire kills.
0: Oh, yeah, the fire kills. Um, Bobby is the next to go. That's the guy who's playing Scarman. So he... You know, like, so all these people are slowly getting picked off. No one really seems to notice that they're all gone yet, though, which, because, you know.
1: Well, they notice. They keep making comments where, like, where the, and Rafi's getting really frustrated with, like, you know, because she's trying to do this film for her mom. She just keeps making comments, like, oh, my God, where are they? Like, fine, they don't even, I don't even need them, sort of, like, frustration.
0: Right, I mean it's still weird though, but, but they're
1: not like concerned, really. right? She that's just true. thinks they're being flaky.
0: I mean, yeah, so like Pauline casts, and then she thinks like Hess is on the phone, and that Jim left, so like to find something. So I guess it makes sense, like why four of them could be missing, and they're still not like alarmed by it yet. Um, Bobby's like sitting in a, in the costuming room when he sees the Scar Man, and he thinks it's Rick messing with him because um, they've been kind of like fighting the entire time, anyways. And he stands up and he makes a really weird comment. He says what does to he say? He's like, Oh yeah, cool. Like like he's like face to face, just like Craven. If anyone knows what Craven movie he is referencing, please tell us.
1: Yeah, because we can't figure it out.
0: I've gone through the list. It's um not it's I mean it's definitely not Scream. It's not Last House, it's not um <laughs> sorry, I keep playing with my pop socket, so B took my phone away from me. Um it's not Last House, Serpent the Rainbow um people on the stairs, shocker, nightmare like uh, swamp thing, we don't know what that is. Yeah, the hell I can't
1: think of anything where he has two killers like face to face.
0: Yeah, so if you know or if they were just trying to make like a a witty horror reference or here. like
1: they're even talking about like a duel between like the killer and the f- I don't know. I just The
0: only thing I could think of is like maybe like Nope, I can't think of anything. I mean, the killer kind of looks like Freddy, but, like, it still doesn't make sense. Like, the comment itself doesn't make sense, so... Yeah. Uh, but he's stabbed in the stomach, and his body is, like, dragged away. Um, so the Scarman, like, officially replaces him. So they're filming, like, what's supposed to be... Yeah, so it be. ends
1: that sort of suspense for the audience, too, because there are times where it is Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and they But they don't overuse that, which I like. I think it's really only one time, where it's a situation where they're building up suspense and it ends up just being Bobby.
0: Yeah. Also, um, Bobby was fucking weird. Like really the way weird. he took his mask off every time, well, where he's like he shaking was, his he head. He was method acting. Right. Yeah. He, he kept getting, saying the method. Yeah, I gotta get. Into like for a method. while, I actually was like, "Is the mask possessing him?" Oh. Like I thought that yeah. for a minute because the way he was acting oh, is really cool. weird.
1: I'd be down with the possessed mask. Yeah.
0: Like How the movie Goosebumps. The Mask, but not.
1: Or that Goosebumps movie. Oh, the Haunted Mask. Yeah, yeah. just
0: like that. Um, so they're filming what is, uh, I think, supposed to be one of the last scenes in the movie. It's, like, Molly Ringwald's character is walking down a hallway. The Scarman is going to kill her, and he's supposed to use prop shears, and they, they gave him prop shears, <laughs> uh-huh. and then he, they, he, he like literally walks he just
1: walks past everybody and picks the, up the, the real, real shears that's that weird yeah
0: like they give him the prop shears they put the real shears on the table and they're like okay set up for the shot and he walks by literally everyone in the entire room and puts down the prop shears and picks up the real ones yeah and i was like no one fucking noticed that he did that but okay uh so he they're about to film the scene but they get interrupted by this like lady blazing up the um, driveway honking her horn to say uh, she finally reveals like it's evil it's
1: first you gotta burn the reels
0: yeah you gotta she tells Mr. Lostman that they gotta burn the reels Mr. Lostman comes running in and he's like that's not Bobby and so Scarman takes this opportunity to just go on a full attack like everyone leaves this scene was also weird I didn't
1: understand the cameraman what? just kept filming Yeah, he just ignored and like didn't face him
0: I'm wondering it was like did he not read the script and he's like, fuck, this is part of the movie, it's great. Like, yeah,
1: or like, I wish like he had headphones on or something, like, did he not understand what was happening? Yeah, he just did kept he just filming as there? everyone
0: screams, yeah. runs outside yeah. to try to get in the lady's car, who the lady also is inside. She, like, stays inside. She, apparently, what happens is she went up to get Mr. Drevet who lived there. Uh, like, that's whose house, that's who owned the house at that point. But they don't really explain that because they just run outside and they're like, where's the old lady? And they're like, she's still inside. I'm like, when did she go inside? Where, why is she still there? But whatever. The it's fine. Um, Damien is killed. He's knifed in the eye. It's, it could have been cooler. Yeah. It's kind of a weird shot, too, because, like, he, like, he, like, goes, he, like, aims and then he moves over and he has to like follow him over and then he just stabs him in the eye. All of Damien's stuff was weird. Um, Julie and Rick are hiding in the car while Mr. Lossman and, and runs inside. he He's runs safe. inside to to get Mr. Drevet and the old lady alongside, well, Molly Ringwald, what is her character's name? I keep forgetting. Vanessa, Vanessa is like, I've killed him before, I'll do it again.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, which she I liked.
1: Final role. Yeah. yeah, I liked it
0: because the whole movie, she's like kind of this like, um, you know, like, Holier than thou, like very hoity-toity I'm actress. Too here, yeah, I'm just
1: doing this as a favor. But as
0: soon as it comes down to like something, she's de- like she's had to do this already. So mm-hmm. she was like, "I've done it before. I'll do it again." Which I I did enjoy yeah, that, that about cool. her. Um, and, and then Rafi follows her in too. So it's the three of them. They find the old lady who has had a stroke. Because she finds Mr. Drevitt hung upside down with a slit throat with his dog drink, That was gross. His dog eating the blood. Super unnecessary. Um, so they find her and they're like, well, she's dead. So I guess we didn't need to <laughs> yeah. do this. Um, and while this is happening, the Scar Man has trapped um, Julie and Rick in the car. Um, <laughs> Julie actually tries to get help. and because Rick's
1: like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Rick
0: literally move. goes, I can't move. So Julie goes to get help, immediately trips, and is is doused in petrol, um, petrol. Not, not gasoline, and caught on fire. And then um, Rick dies all, by also,
1: well, suffocation. Yeah, su- smoke inhalation. Yeah. yeah,
0: because um, Scarman lights the car on fire, which is going to be important. Um, wh- while this is happening... important. It is important. While this is happening, the cops also show It's like the last, like, ten minutes are like, here's four extra characters <laughs> yeah. that just need to be more, like, meat yeah. fodder for yeah. you.
1: Add to that body count.
0: Yeah, the cops show up because, like, Mr. Lossman gets stabbed in the throat. Um, uh, yeah, and then... I think he's Don. Yeah, and then... He's not Don. <laughs> Raffi... I don't... Re- where... Oh, Raffi...
1: This, this whole part gets a little, like convoluted it's like a lot of like running upstairs and And, he's yeah the killer's here and then he's there and we're vanessa's chasing him and then she disappears and then rafi's like gone and then they appear back so all this was like not very well planned out it definitely just seems like they were trying to get him they didn't know where to put all these characters Mm -hmm. and they didn't know what time to (sighs) fill to enable him to kill all of them without them all being in the same fucking room. Yeah. That's definitely what it felt like.
0: So like Vanessa leads him into, which is kind of cool, it's like she leads him, she realizes the room where she's killed in the movie, Hot-Blooded, she leads him into that room. And so he follows her in there, and then Rafi is outside. She thinks Lostman's dead. She's outside trying to burn the film because they've oh. managed to get the film. The cops also show up. So Rafi starts burning the film. Which telling her stop. Yeah, and Rafi gets the film and manages to burn burn it, which gives Vanessa a little bit of time because he like he starts burning. Um, the Scarman starts burning once the film starts burning, which is this is probably like where the budget of the movie went is because his mm-hmm. melting effects are super cool. Super cool. Uh, it's not like. There's, like, a little bit of CG to enhance it, but mostly you can tell it's, like, practical. Yeah, Um,
1: makeup
0: and and prosthetics. Yeah, it's mostly prosthetics and, like, makeup, and, like, the melting stuff is all really cool. Um, But she doesn't, like, burn enough film. The cops run in, and at this point, Vanessa has, like, run away again. Um, And, or is this? No, she's falling out the window. I don't know. Like B said, it gets a little... She goes up and downstairs, like, two times. Um, But he does... It's pretty funny. Like, the cop comes in, and the killer, like... Literally, like runs and jumps over the stair banister, and it's like kind of this slow motion, and he like lands perfectly. And then for the first time in the movie, he talks, he, he talks. and you can tell they wanted him to be like Freddie, uh-huh. but he's nowhere near as witty as Freddie. Like he's saying what they're quote unquote one, one liners, line. but only because they're one liners. Yeah. Like they're not funny. They're just like there's no like goofy wit pun, yeah, yeah, or or wit to them. Um, So the first cop dies. He's um, decapitated, but it's like one of those shadow decapitation Mm -hmm. scenes.
1: like, squirting blood.
0: Probably, again, budget, I would imagine. They already had one decapitation, couldn't afford another. Um, Lucy Carter, the other cop, runs in to help, and she's running away from him after she shoots him six times to no avail. And she trips and falls uh, onto a, a hose spigot, and it impales her. And this was weird, too. I... He turns the he turns the hose on. That was like, my favorite. There's there's no hose attached. So he just turns it on. And I was like, oh, is this going to be, like, really, like, not make fin- like not make sense and, like, it's like blood's going to come out of the hose? Yeah. And I was like, that would make sense. Her body's over it. And it didn't. It was just water. It was just water. For some fucking reason, he just put water <laughs> he on her. He
1: just decided to turn the faucet on, like, oh, yeah, while I'm here. Yeah.
0: Um, again, like, I think it was, like, kind of a Freddy thing. Like, oh, yeah, Freddy would do, yeah, like... Yeah, I think,
1: yeah, something funny. Like, yeah,
0: but it's like, but this isn't anything. Yeah, and
1: there was, like, no joke to go with, like, oh, now somebody's wet or something. Thing. Yeah. Just an opportunity.
0: Um yeah, that's Freddy would have definitely made some yeah. like wet sexual innuendo yeah. for sure. Um I know Mike Kruger. So it, it um we wrap up with Scarman goes Lostman is still alive, and he manages to distract Scarman enough um for Rafi to burn the film. And um he It melts. Yeah, he melts all, like literally on top of her. We also at this point think that Vanessa is dead because she is like killed off screen. Like he also caught her on fire, but we don't see it. So, of course, we all know what that means, especially when it's like, someone like Molly Ringwald playing the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do get like our final scene in the hospital where Lossman's like throat is all taped up and they go to visit Vanessa. Is that her name? I still can't remember. Sure, Molly Ringwald. And then again, we get like I said, our kind of our stinger where. The very end is a, a screening, and the, you know the the person hosting is like this movie is like the, it's the only print of it available. It's extremely rare. Every time you know like and it's cursed. Every time anyone's ever watched sure. it, someone dies.
1: Enjoy, and then she's killed.
0: Yeah, but then we get our CG, our, our one act of cheesy CGI because, like, the film gets, the reel gets put in and there's, like, this blue like magic. Yeah, electric magic. Well,
1: it's the same that happens when he's killed in the beginning by oh, Molly yeah. Ringwald. It's the same, like, little electricity it stuff. It reminded
0: me of um, Last Action Hero, like, a mm-hmm. little bit when, like, Arnold's character mm-hmm. is brought out of the film. And then he appears behind the director and it, like freeze frames actually on the director which is fucking hilarious because that's so 80s I was like what the fuck did we really just get a freeze frame or like that's how like every episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark ended Mm -hmm. like with like this freeze frame I'm like okay cool Uh, but that's it yeah that's our that's our uh, that's cut cut um i do like b has so b does all our notes because she does all the heavy lifting on this podcast guys um and you know we have a bullet point of what we talk about and our final boy girl you have vanessa raffi and lostman all listed which i like because there are movies where multiple people live but I wouldn't necessarily list them as, like, final boy, girl, but I do think I all think of them own all, that.
1: Yeah, they all had, which I, I enjoyed that about, that they all sort of have their moments to kind of go up against the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they all did a good job. I mean, I think it was fun, like, their their energy against him, and it was never anything, like, super intense or serious. We never got these, like, it's not like we're getting these insane story arcs of these characters. But, um I think their moments of going up against Scarman are all really valuable.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. And like seeing, I mean, I like the whole Vanessa Lostman knew each other in the past, and like yeah, wrap and around. Then the,
1: and when they go to, like the hospital, <sighs> and they're mm-hmm. kind of all like the survivors together, like it just has very
0: scream esque. Yeah. You know,
1: no, I mean this d- director and writer obviously heavily inspired by wes's work in general
0: yes um, like da- from the killer to the meta okay. to all of it yeah absolutely uh so if you guys follow along as you know at the end of every episode we rank the movies uh keep screaming uh, keep dash screaming.com no what is it keep screaming.com Com- slash the, the dash, dash list. sorry our website went down for a day because i forgot to change my credit card information so i didn't have it like right in front of me um, this will be our oh this is where the fun math comes in this will be our 40th movie so it's our 39th episode um number one reigning champion my bloody Valentine from 1981 followed by black Christmas from 1974 and then number 39 April Fool's day from 1986 with girls night out right above it from 1982 we should have a show where we get to real we get to pick one to reorder yeah we should do that but it just be me, me moving Girls' Night to the bottom. <laughs> to be like, no, I just can't do it. I know. Because so every time I see April Fool's Day under it, it makes me so sad. It's so sad, but
1: it's not a very good slasher. I mean, it's a great slasher, but it's, but it's not a good yeah. slasher um, when ranking it with the merits of a slasher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I blacked out for Girls' Night Out. Like like I said last episode, all I can remember is that there was like a guy in a bear suit or maybe a girl. I honestly can't remember. I remember, remember the
0: it. shirtless guys like pouring alcohol into each only other's mouths. Only because
1: Brennan, that's the reason why Brennan wanted to Yes, that that's good. the so only reason I remember, remember it. Yes, it. exactly. Uh, we're watching, we will have Brennan as a guest um,
0: in like two months. Yes. Um... And we are, he picked our film today. Oh God! And I'm really scared. It's called The Carpenter. I know I've heard him fucking talk about it before um, too.
1: He's like, I'll bring my. Do you know what makes me more scared? It's he said, I'm going to bring my DVD. I'm like, oh.
0: Because, dude, I bet oh. it's a bootleg. Brennan is a notorious bootlegger too. Like he doesn't bootleg his own things, but he searches out bootleg like copies of things like Jacko and The Carpenter. Um. Okay. So where? Let's see. Looking at our list, it works pretty well. Mm-hmm. It does all the right things. It's just, you know, it's fun. It's goofy. It's just not, like, super great.
1: No, and it lacks some of the more traditional. I mean, so this one lacks more of the traditional archetypes, like it being family-based. Mm-hmm. Um, having It does have our flash-forward. Um, we are missing um, the sort of... Archetypes of some of the characters. Right. Um, we don't really have any traditional um, slasher trope characters. Um, so, and because of that, it's, it lays, because it's meta, it lays in one of the like, oh, it's a slasher, but we're redoing some things. Right. Um, our killer also lacks because we know nothing about him. Um, and that's not necessarily like intent intentional I mean it's intentional that we don't have like a backstory but it's not like the shape intentional right um it's not or like black like christmas where it's really just meant to be like creepy because of it it's just because it doesn't really make sense with how the story's set up to really know anything about our killer it's not really the motive is pretty weak his feelings were hurt and then the rest of the kills there's no motive it's a curse um, so it's a little bit different. That kind of takes it out of our typical slasher territory.
0: Right. That's why I'm kind of looking at Child's Play range, because mm-hmm. we get that supernatural vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also kind of feel like Cold Prey, where we don't know very much about the killer. Same like with Cold Prey, where it's like a very basic motive. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's right in line in this area. In, in our Yeah, right smack dab in the middle.
0: Where so
1: It works as a slasher, but it's trying to sort of reinvent it, but it's not good enough to do anything impactful with that reinventation.
0: Right. So do you think it's better than Hellbent? I don't think so. Okay.
1: I think it's better than Clown at Midnight. You do? I do.
0: Yeah, that works for me. I mean, it kind of fits... I, I, I Clown I at mean- Midnight.
1: I mean, it could. I, I don't know. I'd
0: almost make the argument that Clown at Midnight, at least we have like the real hard family thing.
1: And like the motive is really And the motive. Set up. We just have. And
0: like it even has that goofy, like Clown at Midnight has a goofy supernatural element because she's like psychic visions. Oh, yeah. I
1: uh, forgot about that. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, I so think maybe, they're pretty in line. I think it actually maybe, falls under Clown at yeah, Midnight. Yeah. Clown at
1: Midnight is better as a slasher.
0: Yeah. And, like, I think especially there's some, like, really cool stuff with the clown in that. And then once Christopher mm-hmm. Plummer, yeah. yeah, reveals himself, like, mm-hmm. he's super creepy. Super
1: yeah, What what is a bummer about this one is we lack, I mean, part of what makes a slasher so great is my favorite part of slashers. And then we got a lot of this in the aughts. It's not in really an old trope, but something this one was lacking for its meta-ness is we didn't get like a big reveal and we didn't get like Urban Legend we have our crazy reveal which is one of my favorite parts of that movie. Right. With all of the ghost faces we have mm-hmm. these like reveals where it's like this is why I'm doing this um, and that was sort of part of this generation of slashers yeah um, where we do finally get a ca- our character that talks but then there's no value to that. It's not offering anything to his right. storyline, his arc they, they could even like have put something in there for like you know how dare you try and finish this movie because blah, or even blah, like
0: blah. rafi is the daughter of the director who but, fired him like they could have done something with that like yeah
1: some, yeah because there's that like loose family connection I guess. right yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, um cool that works for me i'm comfortable with that
1: so 26
0: yeah yeah cool so
1: 2000 it is after the clown at midnight from 1999 and before new year's evil from 1981
0: well the guy from new year's evil just died i I remember seeing that on twitter i think our killer yeah that's a bummer i know um we didn't talk about it we'll talk about it next episode i was thinking about it by the way we both also watched the perfection um, on netflix
1: we can talk about it really quick you can't talk about that movie that's true so we watched it we both liked it we but couldn't thought, say anything without spoiling no. like everything Yeah. so watch it it's very it's worth watching
0: it's beautifully shot
1: yes and it very well acted it feels lockeded. like it actually to me felt cinematography wise like a, a Jordan Peele film it did yeah. yes yeah. I agree it
0: super did it especially once like they go belonged. into that room uh-huh. yeah it yes. looked
1: like it belonged in the Peel universe. Yep, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. But it, literally, you can't talk about this movie. It twists and turns multiple times, and I would hate to spoil anything. Go in as blind as you can. It has flaws. Um, if you guys would like to discuss it with spoilers, hit up either of us on Twitter. Yeah, We'd absolutely. Love to discuss.
0: Um, and we uh, are like this close to deciding between Texas and Friday for covering finally our first like real entry into a big franchise. Um, So we'll let you guys know soon because I think that might be the next movie we cover. Um, Yeah, so we got a lot of stuff we're working on. We might have some merchandise for you guys soon. And again, we'll let you know if that happens. So we got that. We have like a special episode with Brendan and Aaron who will both be here in July, which is going to be super fun and I can't even imagine how that episode's going to go um because we're ridiculous together and um yeah we're going to do a franchise and so we we got a fun summer planned out for everyone. Um, so we'll be back in 2 weeks and until then keep screaming.